I know all of us are experiencing some culture shock. Uh, there was today the lesson read for us in English by a Hispanic native and in Spanish by an English native. And you are now tuning your ears into listening to someone whose mother tongue is not the English language. But to the text. The immortal, invisible, and eternal God incarnating himself in one person, one human being, and limiting himself to one time in history and in one geographical spot is a mystery that is unique to Christianity. Other religions also have stories of incarnation, except that God comes in a human being, in animals, in the form of angels, they appear and disappear, but not like the Christian faith. An equally mysterious truth in the Christian religion is that God would become a human being and take upon himself the sinless one, the entire sin of the world, and hang on a cross and pay with his blood for humanity's expiation. Of course, other religions also have stories and theologies of expiation. People come and die and limit themselves to human situations, promise ways of deliverance, but not the way Christianity does. It is this second mystery which is the text for today. Jesus calls his disciples and reveals to them this mystery. This text is from Matthew or Mark chapter 9. You know, in 8.31 and following and 10.31 and following, the text that is the preface to this text is repeated. The Son of Man must suffer. He will be delivered into the hands of people. He will suffer and they will put him to death and he will rise. That's how the statement completed from Jesus' mouth. The disciples, who would be the inner circle with the Lord, would be party to all this and will be the primary listeners to this, but still they don't get the whole picture until... Jesus would indeed literally die on the cross and rise again and meet them, these disciples again, and speak with them. Don't you understand? Scripture is now fulfilled. What has been prophesied concerning me has come to pass, and now I am here you as your incarnational witness. In the first instance in, in chapter 8, the glory experience comes to Jesus, as Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ, and Jesus tells Peter, don't tell this to anyone. And then he follows, saying that the Son of Man will be suffering and be put to death, etc. But neither Peter nor the other disciples seem to be listening to that. 
They think about when this kingdom of God will come, when they would be glorified with Jesus and so on. They talk about who would be the great in the kingdom and so on. In chapter 9, 2, after Jesus makes the statement, the disciples come with their own proposals, not literally listening to the death on the cross and the suffering. They would want one to write, sit on Jesus' right and the other on his left. Distraction takes place when this one unique mystery is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ to die and to bloodlet for the salvation of all people. Today, too, those things happen. When Christ is not at the center of our conversation, when Christ is not at the center of our relationships, we detour. Relationships break. Our conversations get confused. The message does not get across. But unlike other religions, there is a third dimension to this mystery, which in the world of confusion and chaos enables us to live as fully human, meaningful and purposeful people. St. Paul said, this mystery has now been revealed. Jesus Christ was incarnate. He suffered and died and rose again and the apostolic witness continued. St. Paul further wrote in Colossians, this mystery, the third dimension of this mystery, is that Christ, the hope of glory, now lives in you. Other religions also talk about God living in us. However, they talk of a mystical union. If you go deep into that thinking, you lose your personality, your incarnational nature, you become attuned to something, merged with some entity out there. That's different. However, in Christian faith, the Christ who died on the cross and rose again, incarnationally, has fellowship with us. And thus, through his word, through his constant conversation with us, he lives in us, and therefore we are different from other people. He lives in us in such a way that through us he is seen to the entire world as the one Savior, one Lord, and one true God. So our life together is special. Our fellowship together and our coming together is very special. We do not come together simply because we want to get along and get to be together, but fundamentally because Christ is inviting us to be together. He has opened the door for all of us to be in his presence by his blood, by his eternal sacrifice, by his self-giving, selfless Love. Therefore, we as Christians need our brothers and sisters solely because of Jesus Christ. The Christ in our own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of our brothers and sisters. Let us therefore live together, centered in Christ, being in Christ and keeping Christ in our hearts. 
To God be the glory. Amen. <laughs>